Good morning and greetings from the land of 11 nations, or as everyone else calls it, Wisconsin. Still cold, cold according to the weather report, Huachale puts out every morning. But if I didn't like it, I could always move. But I haven't moved, and I won't. So I'll just bundle up before I head out the door like I always do. Um, I'd like to uh, address the Ho-Chunk Nation's work on saving our Ho-Chunk language. Um, I think Huachade explained it best when he said that our language isn't dead, it's moribund. Which means it's at the, it's at the point of death. I forgot how long ago we said that, but anecdotally, I think a lot has changed. Um, one of the most unfortunate things that has happened recently are a large number of our elders who have passed on recently. I want to selfishly point out that the huge loss of family culture and language when our elders leave us, this is a huge deficit from which it is almost impossible for us to recover from. But we as a people have recovered from this type of devastation before, and we will have to confront this again sometime in the future. I, and this is just my opinion now, strongly feel that the internet, social media, and websites have played a huge part in the resurgence of our language. The way our nation is set up geographically with a large number of us not even living in Wisconsin, there was and still is a good chance of our language dying out. But with our ability to share our language with one another through the use of the internet, this tool has been a godsend for us. One thing I want to start out with is I'm noticing a little more content being generated by individuals in a Ho-Chunk language, and it's exciting. From Huachade's daily weather report to Kade Jusep's YouTube channel, he has like 52 language videos. They are short and to the point and easily digestible. Then you have Wakan Jankiri on the Ho-Chunk Academy YouTube channel. His production value alone makes his videos worthwhile viewing. But just as a kicker, he provides you with a whole chunk language lesson. Really good stuff. I can't recommend it enough. And there's the Ho Chunk Academy with their language lessons and their eminent speaker sessions. Uh, I really like their game Kahoos. It's pretty simple. I play along when I can. And I might add, I'm not embarrassingly bad. Um, I kind of want to publicly praise Notch Gay, uh, Maru. Karajinga, John Lee, and Lisa Cabosis for their work on these videos. Uh, I've been following along when I can, and I just want to say thanks for all the work. And then we have the Wagahaja Haike Hoite, the online after-school language program. I think one thing that is pretty neat is when uh, Lisa Cabosis, I apologize for screwing up her name, I don't know, uh, I just want to commend her for reading children's books in Ho-Chunk. They are primarily Maichadei children's books that are translated into Ho-Chunk. I think that is pretty cool, and I sincerely enjoy listening to these translations. One thing that's uh, kind of horrific on my part is that uh, Lisa introduces herself at the beginning of every video, and I still can't pick up her name. I'm sorry. I'll keep listening though, and one day I'll get it. Um, I also like to mention the work of uh, Marcus Lewis and Ryan Crane. After much work, they received a grant, and they are now in the process of helping Ho-Chunks across the U.S. learn about finances, Ho-Chunk culture, and language in conjunction with the uh, Ho-Chunk Language Division. 
couple of my grandchildren are involved in this program, and they seem pretty engrossed in it. They live in Arizona, and this program keeps them in touch with the Ho-Chunk culture and its people. Uh, they are not enrolled Ho-Chunks, but they are Ho-Chunk descendants. And yeah, we can get into that word another time. Uh, I've mentioned it before, and I want to reintroduce the subject of Ho-Chunk language podcasts. Huachadre had and or still has his Ho-Chunk language podcast. Also, Linike uh, Mani, God, I keep screwing up his name, uh, John Lee, has his uh, Ho-Chunk Hiteyat Ekje, which is pretty cool because he does it all in Ho-Chunk. There is uh, still lots of room in this arena for Ho-Chunks to jump into. You don't have to teach Ho-Chunk, you just, just talk, you know, um, now I didn't even touch on the immersion programs in our schools simply because I am completely ignorant of them or the high school and college uh, language programs and courses. Now, I don't know the success of any of, uh, of, or all of these programs, but do we have more Ho-Chunk speaking than we did five, 10, 20 years ago? I don't know of any report or study indicating yes or no, but anecdotally, I believe we do. I see a lot more Ho-Chunk being used on Facebook. And to paraphrase Wakanchakiri, it is important to get these words and phrases into the public parlance. So I think one more thing is uh, Ho-Chunk language being reintroduced into the Wodak. I realize I'm suggesting work for others to do, but the Wodak is the paper of record for the Ho-Chunk nation. So let's have a column or a page devoted to our language. After all, we are Ho-Chunk, not Mechadeh. Something I like to challenge all of us to do is the daily weather report. I, myself, rely so much on Huachadeh's daily weather report that when it's not up, I feel a little cheated. I think it's only fair then that we stop relying on Huachadeh to do the heavy lifting for us. Now, we do have individuals who have picked up the slack before when he wasn't able to maintain his daily report. But I think right now he's going to school, so it would be really cool if individuals would pick up the ball and do these weather reports for a week at a time. I know. Why don't you do it? Well, I have thrown my weather reports out there in the past, and it wasn't pretty or factually correct. But if need be, I'm up to the challenge, as long as our people are up there for correcting me. Uh, one thing I've done is publicly is to challenge members of the Ho-Chunk Nation to work on two things. To write books, short stories, plays, screenplays in the Ho-Chunk language or to shoot scripted videos and movies entirely in Ho-Chunk. TikTok videos and Instagram reels do count in my eyes. Now, presently, I'm not aware of any books, plays, short stories, and or movie scripts written in Ho-Chunk recently. I haven't watched or been alerted to any scripted videos or short films by any Ho-Chunks in the Ho-Chunk language, or on any social media platform or website. If anyone knows of any Ho-Chunk videos, please tell me so I can uh, trumpet the work. Now, this doesn't mean that work isn't being done. I've written over 100 short stories in children's books. My giant hurdle is translating these stories into Ho-Chunk and then getting the appropriate artwork done. I don't know what other creators are running up against that is slowing down their output, but I'm positive that work is being done. Now, if there are writers and filmmakers who are out there who wish to contact me in an effort to get their work out there or just having problems getting started, Email me, text, or just call me. I might not have the answers, and I probably won't, 
but I'd love to listen to your grind story. The Ho-Chunk Nation does have individuals who have the education, skills, and wherewithal to help propel you down your chosen path. And perhaps we could put you in contact with those and they could mentor you. Now, to close out this little bit of cheerleading, I'd like to think of all, thank all of the people who work in the language department. I know for a fact that things have changed for the better and that we are, in fact, producing Ho-Chunk-speaking individuals. In years past, I remember all the grumbling about individuals bilking the system while very little Ho-Chunk was being taught. Sometimes we forget that we're all human. You know, sometimes we forget that some people are gifted teachers and flourish while others are not. I don't believe anyone goes into a situation with the intent of stealing, but sometimes people got into a situation that was beyond them or we failed to get them enough resources or help. You know, and pride wouldn't let them exit gracefully, so they hung on and in the end, no one won. Those days are behind us now. When with the internet, people aren't on islands all alone anymore. There is support for our instructors and people aren't afraid of experimenting or asking for help. There is still this stigma, though, that uh, we're Ho-Chunk speakers look down on those of us who aren't fluent. But this attitude is changing, and it kind of damn well better. The number of full four-fourths uh, Ho-Chunks is at its high watermark, and we better look to our future, and a simple way to do this is uh, to make sure we all speak our language. Now, I don't know if we're replacing our losses fast enough, but we have to move forward. And I think we as a nation are on the right path. Finally, I'd like to thank all the people producing Ho-Chunk content in print, audio, and or video. I feel that Ho-Chunk video content will be huge in the coming years as our young people gravitate to that medium. The future of our language is in good hands. Now, everybody get off your butts and spend at least 30 minutes a day speaking Ho-Chunk. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. I'm the poster boy of making mistakes, and you know that if you just listen to what I just said. I'm here to tell you, you won't die. You'll only get better. On January 24th, I dropped a podcast throwing shade at the Ho-Chunk Nation's judiciary. My premise was that I didn't feel that the judiciary was pulling their weight in this bureaucratic battle between the legislature and the executive. I felt they were hiding for economic, political, and family reasons. Our Constitution has been the same since 1994, and for all that time, our executive and legislature have jousted back and forth. Nothing substantial, but this is the way we have always done it, has always carried the day. Now our chief executive has challenged our legislature's manner and perf- of performing their job, and people aren't happy. In the history of our nation, I don't believe our legislative body has been challenged as much as this body has been. Now questions of the legality of legislative action have been dropped before our judiciary, and I have stated publicly that I need my judiciary to stand up in this constitutional battle and make hard legal decisions. Now we're a small nation. Our population is around 8,000 or so, less minors and people who have never participated in any Ho-Chunk function. Or if it wasn't for per cap, wouldn't even know they were Ho-Chunk. Let's go 4,800 practicing Ho-Chunks. Just numbers as you see fit. So, basically, not only does everybody know you and your family, you're related to damn near everyone. Now, if you're a member of the judiciary, legislature, or the executive, 
Every decision you make affects someone directly, and if said family member isn't happy, more than likely you're going to hear about it. A lot of decisions are made on the basis of how much shit will I have to take if I vote this way. Now, if you're a legislature, you can always hide in executive session. Our decisions are usually made in private when there's no repercussions. If you're executive, you knew you're in for a rough ride as soon as the votes were counted. But if you're on the bench, you stand above the fray. The decisions you make aren't personal. They're strictly about the law. Unfortunately, that's not real life. When the Wuhan pandemic came along, it smashed its way onto the Ho-Chunk Nation. The Ho-Chunk legislature had to make some serious budgetary cuts. One of the places that got cut was the Ho-Chunk Nation's judiciary. One-third of our trial court's budget was cut. Our trial court had three judges then. Our trial court has three judges now. Before the pandemic hit, our trial court had three attorneys and three paralegals. Our trial court now has one attorney and one paralegal. The trial court judges used to have law clerks. These positions were cut, and now they have zero. As an aside, it's strange that when the Wuhan pandemic hit, and, our led, and the legislature had their emergency meetings and did their short-term budgeting and cut everyone's budget, that now, when our casino revenue is back to pre-Wuhan levels, the legislature hasn't even had an emergency meeting to restore budgetary levels. How many, budget, how many departments have had to limp along with pandemic-era budgets? The trial court did go to the legislature to get their budgeting restored and were denied by our legislature. Okay. So our trial court's budget has yet to be restored and they're limping along woefully understaffed. Besides the cases that the executive has filed, our trial court is overwhelmed with domestic cases that need to be adjudicated in a somewhat timely manner. Cases like children in need of protective custody, CHIPS, divorce, family wellness court. So our trial court is overwhelmed. They have no personnel and our legislature has refused to restore their funding. Okay, now what? How come we don't know about this? Better yet, how come I don't know about this? If I'm your average Joe Schmo from Kokomo and this is going on in our nation, why don't we all know about this? Did everybody but me know about the terrible state of our judiciary? I can understand the pressure our judiciary is under when they haven't even made any rulings against the legislature and the legislature treats them like garbage. I'd be scared to rule against them too. What's the legislature going to do next? Cut the heat and electricity? Maybe the situation isn't as dire as I make it out to be. Maybe it is. Here's what I need, though. I need a fully functioning trial court. I need a trial court that can accept cases and make a speedy, judicious order. I need my trial court to be independent and not be scared of their constituents. You all ran for this job, but you knew the pitfalls that came along with it once you accepted the position. Yes, your present situation is garbage, and no court system in the world can be expected to work expeditiously under these conditions. But this is your lot in life, and I need you to rise to the challenge. If you can't, won't, or unable, we as the Ho-Chunk Nation will continue to meander along like flotsam on a river, carried along by events, but never steered by our own volition. I know how tiresome and wearisome going over our Ho-Chunk Nation's constitution can be, but I think it could be instructive as to our present situation. 
What situation is that you speak of? Well, the creation of this financial commission and uh, the assorted work groups and our lack of legislative oversight. Now, as we all know, we're supposed to have four equal branches of our government. Each branch has a distinct responsibility and they're each afforded a check on the other three branches. General Counsel, Article 4, Section 3, Subsection B, the General Counsel retains the power to review and reverse actions of the legislature, except those enumerated in Section 4 of this article. The General Counsel retains the power to review and reverse decisions of judiciary, which interpret actions of the legislature. Legislature, Article 5, Section 2, Subsection B, to establish executive departments, yada, 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 the legislature reserves the power to review any action taken by virtue of such delegated power. Article 5, Section 2, Subsection Y, the legislature may overturn any presidential veto by a two-thirds supermajority vote. The legislature may exercise its veto within 14 calendar days, calendar days after the president notifies the legislature of the veto. The Executive, Article 6, Section 2, Subsection A. To execute and administer the laws of the Ho-Chunk Nation, including the right to veto within 14 calendar days, any action of the legislature. The Judiciary. Article 7, Section 6, Subsection B. The trial court shall have the power to declare the laws of the Ho-Chunk Nation void if such laws are not in agreement with this Constitution. Now, I want to begin with the understanding that we are all human and our motivations differ little. We all want to be liked and we all want people to think we're smart and clever and of course, we're all driven by our own self-interest. Case in point, when our legislators, executives, and judges run for office, they all say they want to help their people. Well, if this were the case, our government bureaucracy would be some of the most smoothly functioning operations on the face of this earth. But alas, they're not. Why? Because we have people working with us. Instead of each department or branch working for the people, each department or branch works for that department or branch. Of course, there are exceptions, and some of our departments work like Swiss watches. Now, the most obvious example of our is our legislature. The most powerful branch of our government runs largely unchecked. Each new legislature comes into office full of vim and vigor, ready to represent their district. Why is it that, though, within a couple of meetings, all legislative votes are unopposed? It's simple. You are now part of a group. You want to be liked. You don't want to be ostracized by your group. Like I said, we're all human, and you don't want to piss anybody off. Now, through the years, no one has challenged the legislature's authority to do whatever it is they want to do. As long as Mike Murphy greenlights it, we're on. Now, let's quickly go through our constitutional checks on our legislature. Now, our general counsel can review and reverse any action by our legislature. The general counsel shall return such reversals to the legislature and for reconsideration, consistent with the action of the general counsel. So in real life, what does this mean? Absolutely nothing. How many resolutions has the general counsel passed and all the legislature has done is read the resolution into the record? Here's the thing. Our general counsel can review legislative actions, 
But if we can't even get our resolutions passed, how are we going to challenge our legislature in their legislatures in their own house? Now, our legislature has the power to override a presidential veto. But if our president thinks the legislation was flawed, none of our legislators had the same thoughts. This is where our most important oversight is, our 13 legislators. The largest check on our legislature is the ballot box, or the legislators themselves. We have the ability to vote legislators who we feel represent us best in and vote out legislators who we don't feel have our best interests at heart. The problem here is we have no way to score our legislators. There is no compilation of all the hard votes they have had to take because all the hard and controversial votes are taken in executive session. Case in point is Financial Commission. This obvious workaround by Mike Murphy was constructed to leave the president out of the committee that, by law, he should chair. Now, if our legislators, who all said they want to help the people, can't see that by contravening the Constitution, they are not helping their people. They are simply failing to uphold their oath and are undermining our Constitution. Once past the ballot box, our legislators are our primary oversight division within the legislature. And yet, not one legislature saw anything wrong with the obvious attempt to quash the president's authority. Like a legislator said, he can have his meeting and we can have ours. But our legislators have to understand this is not just a job. You are upholding our Constitution. Our elders fought for us to have a constitutional form of government, and you're pissing all over their work. All of our legislators should be looking at how the things they are doing will play 20 to 10 to 20 years from now. Having a Mechadek making decisions for Ho-Chung people in our legislatures. Uh, I'm not really cool with that. So our next line of oversight is our president. After the legislature holds their financial commission, the president should veto the commission. Our legislature should look at the Constitution and remember their oath to support our Constitution. Then, when the, o the vote to overturn the veto is counted, it should be 13-0, siding with the President's veto. However, I strongly feel that the legislature will vote to overturn the veto and march out of the room triumphant. Now, the President has two choices. He can let the veto stand, or he can file suit in the Ho-Chunk Nation trial court. I feel strong that he will file suit against the legislature. Now, I feel pretty good about the President's chances in court. Mike Murphy's strategy is that the Ho-Chunk Nation's Constitution doesn't strictly prohibit the formation of work groups or, co or commissions. Therefore, what is not forbidden is okay. Now, using that logic, murder is not mentioned in the Constitution, so that makes it okay? Okay, okay, that's a gross simplification, I agree. But... I believe the Ho-Chunk Nation Trial Court has heard two cases similar to the Financial Commission challenge, and I believe the trial court ruled against him twice. Now, the only oversight that wasn't employed was the General Counsel's review of the legislature's actions. But that's pretty close to impossible because we haven't met quorum in our last three attempts. Oversight, very, very, very important to our government. Without a press that keeps all of us informed of the legislature's actions, without a press that keeps us informed about decisions handed down by our courts, without a press that tells us what our president is doing, how are we to make informed decisions about our elected representatives? If we have no oversight on our elected officials, 
We rely on their conscience and honor. They are presently working on circumventing our Constitution. Linwood, Illinois, a small village of 9,100 people located in Cook County, southeast of Chicago, Illinois. On October 20th of 2021, the Illinois Gaming Board announced the two finalists for the Chicagoland Casino license. The Ho-Chunk Nation's presentation for the Linwood Casino wasn't strong enough, and in the end, we didn't make the cuts. Now, there's no use crying over spilled milk. I was never a fan, and to be honest, I'm glad we didn't get it. Well, it's been four months since our presentation, and at that time I haven't heard a word from our legislators as they tell us what went wrong with our presentation. After every presentation, there's always a debriefing. At this debriefing, every aspect of the presentation has gone over to find out what went wrong and where. Okay, let's just admit that that wasn't our finest hour. So where do we go from here in terms of Linwood? Are we going to hang on to that albatross? Just keep making payments? Are we going to sell it? Or are we going to wait till we finish with Beloit? Selling it would give us a couple bucks to throw at Beloit. Anyways, we still have lacrosse in our crosshairs. Are we waiting on Beloit for that too? What about those big plans for Nakusa? It sure seems like uh, we got a whole lot going on, but everything is on the down low. I guess we're stu too stupid for our legislators to share what we have in store. I would ask the business department, but I'm not sure if... Uh, that's Mike Murphy or Corals and Brady's department. Anyways, Jigay, Honey Chuck Jowie.